This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. 1490 WDAN, Danville's Talk Station. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN, Linda Bolton. We are back on the Zoom call this morning and joining us, very happy to have with us, Mike Davis, who heads up the uh, Vermillion County Land Bank. Good morning, Mike, and thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. Absolutely. All right, let's do the 101 for anybody that doesn't know, because it's still, it's not a new concept, but I think a lot of people have not had a lot of exposure to what a land bank is and what its goals and mission are. Absolutely, Linda. So I'm the, again, my name's Mike Davis. I'm the executive director of the Central Illinois Land Bank Authority. And uh, we cover uh, 15 communities in Vermilion County. We have several members in Champaign County and uh, Decatur as well. So we span from Decatur to Vermilion County, but the goal of the land bank is to address distressed properties. And if you've had a haunted house on the block that's been an eyesore for 10 plus years, the goal is how do we take that distressed property and either knock it down and and sell the vacant land to the adjacent homeowner or rehab the property. But the real goal is how do we take these eyesores and actually do something with them and get these properties productive and back on the tax rolls. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons so many people, our local uh, elected officials, uh, local government, um, everyone was so excited uh, when the activity began. Uh, And it's gone on for a while to finally create a land bank because of that. And and as you and I have talked during my time at Vermilion Advantage, working with mayors of all the communities just here in Vermilion County, um, that was always one of the challenges that every community shared and primarily that being the case because there were never any resources so if you're fifth in illinois you don't have a public works department with as as i referred to it the tonka trucks to go out and tear down uh abandoned vacant properties that are an eyesore to your community because like fifth is a great little community and they're very they're all very involved they have a very active women's club it's just a very involved community. Uh, I worked with them. Uh, we worked with them for a new playground out there that the whole community came together um, about. So you take a small community like that and you have one or two of those eyesores. It's hard for everybody and they struggle. But there's never been that re- those resources that are so vital to change that situation. So. Again, that's the new thing is that everyone is looking at ways to create resources and make this possible as well as planning ahead. And and Linda, you you really hit it. And what I'm focusing on is obviously the member communities need resources. But what I've told them is I can go out and get grant money. But if we don't have the tools in place to take care of these problem buildings, if we don't have good codes or a good code enforcement officer, I said, we'll all look like a bunch of idiots if we don't, if I get the grant money and we actually don't take action on these buildings. And so I've spent a lot of time with, uh, we're up to seven communities now, members in Vermilion County 
that have improved their code. Uh, they se Seven communities have adopted the International Property Maintenance Code and hired a shared code enforcement person. And now, and so an example is uh, Westville, Georgetown, Rankin, Ridge Farm, all did that, hired a shared code enforcement, and I got them $45,000 a piece for demolitions. Wow. And so that's an example where if, if we put the right pieces in place and we show we're willing to take proactive steps and go after these problem properties, you can get the grant money. Explain, um, explain a little bit, Mike, about that code enforcement side of it. Because if you, you, you almost need to deconstruct all of this, literally, um, mm -hmm. to, to understand why it's such a complicated issue, because it is much more complicated. Most people look at it and say, it's a crappy house, take it down. It right. just doesn't work that way. So explain about the code piece of it sure. and why that's why that's so challenging. You know, City of Danville, we've had code enforcement forever, but we're a larger community. If you're 50 in Illinois, you don't have that city staff. Exactly. And so explain why that matters so much. And so what I did, Linda, coming into some of these communities, I'd ask uh, like my board member, I'd say, why is this house not condemned? And they'd say, well, Mike, our codes don't have teeth. Our codes are outdated. There's no one to enforce these codes. And my reaction was, these are all solvable problems. Um, and the International Property Maintenance Code is something that communities across the country adopt. This is not something new or radical. And so there's an, I've given them an easy way to update the code. And then they've all hired this guy, Dave Biggerstaff, to do shared code enforcement work. And so let's take a Hoopston. If Hoopston needs Dave to come up twice a month to do code enforcement, but uh, Ridge Farm only needs him once every two months, that's okay. Yeah. It's on an as-needed basis that he comes out and addresses these problem properties. But to your point, Linda, some you can purchase from the county trustee if they've had three years back taxes and I buy them for 800 bucks. The problem is sometimes the owners that you can have a haunted house that's fallen in on itself, but the person's paying taxes. Yeah. So in that case, you're, that property is never going to the county trustee. The only way you're going to address it is by doing a fast track demolition. Yeah. And so we're basically showing our members what are the different avenues available in code to go after these problem properties. And my whole, uh, my, my worldview is we can watch these properties fall in on, on themselves over 10, 20 years and the adjoining properties lose tax value and everything else, or let's get at the problem and be proactive and take care of these properties because the neighborhoods and the neighbors suffer if there's no action here and you let properties deteriorate and fall in on themselves over 10, 20 years. Yeah, and it can happen. Time slips away, you know, and, and you get to where you don't even probably see it sometimes. It's just there and you're so you give up. Um, but like I said, uh, the fact that you, many people don't understand that this is this problem occurs in every community yep. in our county and every other county uh, in the state. It just happens. We are a population that is more transient. 
people just get up and walk away. Um, and then they have job changes. Um, so with all the things that are going on, we seem to have a lot of those properties. And I know, um, again, for a small community like um, uh, Fithian, I mean, even Hoopston, um, they, you know, they have a fairly good staff, city staff, size staff. Um, but you take a smaller community like um, Fithian or, or one of those smaller communities, even Oakwood, you're challenged to hire people because, again, that costs the community money. And so to be able to share a resource uh, as you have created this opportunity really allows this. And we've talked about it on, on other things. And, and it's so nice to see this actually working where he can travel around and he can help these communities without anybody having to carry the full burden. That's right. And our, our focus is not just demolitions, right? And I want to yeah. be open about that. We're going to do, we, I have 12 demolitions lined up that are going to happen over the next two, three weeks throughout the county. We're going to gear up to do another seven or eight more, hopefully by the end of the year. But one of the keys is there's a big opportunity. Um, the state has grants for homeowner occupied rehabs uh, for low and moderate income households. And this is one of, uh, this is a great opportunity for the land bank, not just to be doing demolitions, but to be investing in the existing housing stock. Exactly. And I'm going to interrupt you and we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that because we, we do tend to focus on the, uh, the demolition side of it because that's what's staring us in the face. But in reality, we have to look at, at infill. We have to look at how we're building into the future by, by filling those empty lots. Um, so we're gonna talk about that when we come back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Back to Newsmakers, 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning with Mike Davis, who is the director of the East Central Illinois Land Bank, which includes Vermilion County. And obviously that's our main focus, but actually stretches what to Decatur, right? That's right, Linda. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a big area, which um, sometimes we have that, you know, uh, ownership issue. But in reality, the more resources you have, the stronger you are. And that's been one of the challenges of vacant and abandoned properties in every community, certainly here in Vermilion County and way beyond, uh, was the lack of resources to address those issues. And we've, we've been focusing on the demolition, which is the first step. And it's what most people think about when they, when they talk about this issue, because they want that ugly piece of property gone but it's not enough just to tear it down and clean the property it looks great you now have a clean a clean slate but there's never been a lot of thought and planning about how to do infill what do you do with that land so again mike let's talk a little bit about that how are you approaching that issue because it is complicated uh we don't have multiple thousands of dollars to go out and just, you know, put up stuff. But I've always thought that there were potentials for opportunity with habitat and 
with other projects to create housing that people actually need. Well, Linda, I think you hit on something. With infill development in some communities, it can be really challenging economically because the cost of building a new unit of housing is 150 to 200,000. And for some communities, uh, the, the sale price might be on average $100,000 or less. So in some communities, there's not a market for new construction. And this is why you have some habitat chapters just do new construction. Yeah. Others like uh, Danville and Decatur, they focus mostly on rehabs. Um, and one of my goals that I've heard over and over again uh, is the stories of why did this house get on the demolition list? Exactly. Is you have an older couple that might not have the resources to replace the roof or do some of the basic maintenance on a house. Eventually it falls into disrepair. The couple might pass away. They give it to the kids. By the time it gets to the kids, they say, Hey, there's a, this is a money pit. Yeah. We don't want it. And then five years later, it's on the demo list. And so what I've what I think is a huge opportunity is the state, whether it's Ida, the housing agency, DCEO, the economic agency, or USDA, they all have these homeowner occupied repair programs. So if you're income qualified and you need a new roof, you need help fixing the porch, fixing the siding, as long as you're gonna be in the house for five years, it's basically a forgivable loan. And so this is, I mean, a great, That's huge. it's a huge deal. If you can get $40,000 worth of work on your house and the deal is you just need to stay there for five years and it's forgiven, that's a big deal for a community. Yeah, and it is. my hope is these grants are really competitive to get at the state level. And so what I'm doing is going to Champaign County and Vermilion County and asking them for a half a million dollars from the American Recovery Plan Act funds that they received to create a homeowner-occupied repair program. And if I can do this with a half a million in seed money, then you can go to the state every year and get a half a million dollars and mm -hmm. keep bringing it in over and over and over again. And I think that's the strategy where if you knock down what needs to be knocked down and you're helping people invest in their homes and rehab their homes that really need the help, that's when you start turning around blocks and neighborhoods. And then you get, then you might get the interest to someone to say, Ooh, maybe I'm going to build something on the corner. This, this community is really improving, but I think we need a multi-pronged strategy. Can't just be demolitions. It can't just be rehabs either. And like you said, we need to be talking to the development community about what do they want to do, where are they interested in building, and make their lives easier in doing it. <laughs> well, but it's true. And we certainly have experienced that here uh, in Danville. Uh, we have not seen a lot of housing development in many, many years. Uh, and of course, part of that's population-based. And we have a lot of older housing stock. I think your point about uh, how we get that kind of housing stock is very important. To me, it's like, it's like having, it's like teeth. <laughs> I keep using that analogy, but it, mm -hmm. it's the best way I can describe it. So, so if you're proactive 
and you address those issues at the very beginning with your teeth, then you can continue chewing and everything's good. If you let that go, they're going to rot and you're going to have to pull them. And you're, you know, then you're going to have to figure out what to do with that hole. And, and I know that's kind of a simplistic approach, but I think it's real. And I think lots of times we, we don't always approach this issue looking at all these different factors. Again, we, we look at ugly vacant property and we got to tear it down. We look at what are we going to do to fill it, but we don't spend a lot of time on the front end because those those bad properties don't happen overnight. And I think no, that's do. the part we're not really talking. And I appreciate the fact that you all are starting to try to address that issue and try to help people. And, and Linda, I think the important thing to note here is this work, it's about investing in our communities. And there is not, like when I do demolitions, there's no money to be made doing this. I'm sure. spending $15,000 knocking down a building and, you know, if I'm lucky if I sell it for a few hundred bucks or a thousand dollars, the vacant land. And so what I want to be open about is this, this work uh, needs to be funded by the state at scale and Representative uh, Mike Marin and Senator Bennett and Representative Bennett have all been champions of the land bank. But the one thing that I intend on doing beyond just asking the state for help me with some seed money is I plan on going to the state and saying, look, we're, we're doing some of the early demolitions and getting this work done, but I can't be applying for numerous $45,000 grants. It's sort of, we need money at scale to yeah. do this work. And if I, I'm going to ask the state for, <laughs> give us a million dollars to do demolitions in Vermilion yeah. County. Give me a million dollars to work on, there are abandoned homes that can be saved. Yeah, Those require real resources to save those homes. And the yeah. problem is once you knock it down, that home might never get built again and it might no. never be back on the tax rolls. And so and I, do, I, I do think the times are changing though, Mike, I do think this is good timing for you because there is a lot more focus on that uh, saving homes, rehabbing homes, but again, you have to have those funds and you need those developers with with uh, with a vision to do it. I mean, you know, we could all sit around and watch Good Bones and Mia and Karen uh, in renew Indianapolis one house at a time. Everybody needs that kind of thing. I, I, I sit and watch the program sometimes. I think to myself, man, do we need them here because it is a house at a time, but it takes money. And it takes time to get it done. And we're going to be back in just a moment to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning with Mike Davis who is director of the East Central Illinois Land Bank, which it certainly includes uh, Vermilion County, but it stretches clear to uh, make an indicator. And again, the more resources you have, the bigger your foundation, the more you're able to, to address um, the issues, which until now there have been very few resources. And I, I can't tell you how impressed I am that the progress that the, the land bank is making 
because this has been a long time coming and certainly needed. Uh, again, I, I don't I don't know that we often we talk often enough about the impact that bad properties have on a neighborhood, psychologically, and physically. I mean, whether it's full of snakes and and vermin or or druggies or just looking at it and feeling depressed. It can totally impact an entire neighborhood. Absolutely, Linda. And I think you're hitting on something that's really important. And uh, this is something I've been very open with member communities about is there's been some very bad behavior that's gone on for a while uh, with slumlords and running properties into the ground uh, Makes me so angry. As much money as they can from tenants and not yep. investing anything in the properties. And I'll be honest, that stuff, the communities need to say, we've had enough of this and we're yeah. going to enforce our codes and hold your feet to the fire. And if you want to be an owner in this community, you need to be responsible or you're not doing business in this town. And if unless we get to that mantra, things are not going to get better. And for the land bank, we need responsible partners. And if you look at our application, it says, do you owe back taxes? Um, do you do you have any code violations? And so our goal is to work. I'm not going to work with slumlords to do rehabs. I'm going to work with responsible property owners yeah. that have good references a good track record and are going to do the right thing by investing in properties and giving people a good solid place to live and we do have some great developers now in our community and that's a that's a really positive good thing i remember years and years ago mike fetterman who was a planner for the city of danville uh knew more about planning than i'll ever know in my entire lifetime uh, but I remember one day, I've never forgotten it. He just looked at me as we were talking about some city issues. And he said, Linda, the worst thing that can happen to a neighborhood is rental property. Not because the concept is bad, but because people are have rental property to make money. And when that becomes your driving force, you can totally impact a, an entire neighborhood. So Mike used to always track that. How much rental property do the neighborhoods in the city of Danville actually have? I don't know if anybody pays any attention to that anymore or not, but it's but it's true. And rental property is not a bad thing. It's just that it's very rarely taken care of as it should be. And that's where a lot of the problems come from. Well, and uh, uh, Linda, I want to say, look, I've been, a, I've been a renter for a long portion of my life, sure. you know, and I, there's nothing wrong with being a renter. No. Um, and the people that I talk to, if you talk to good landlords, they'll say, look, this is an investment. Why would I want to allow my investment to deteriorate? And so there's nothing wrong with making money. There, there's nothing wrong with making money off rental property. But, do what, but do what you should do. But let's look at this yeah. as an investment and taking care of your investment and the neighborhood as a whole. And so, look, I think people deserve a good place to live. And renters, if you look at the numbers in Danville, uh, some of the renters are severely rent burdened, which shows yes. that the Our rates are ridiculous. Yeah. are really milking people for as much as yeah. they can get and putting tenants in a bad position. And so my goal is how do we take some of these properties, 
keep them out of the hands of slumlords, and let's get them into the hands of responsible property owners. Yep, they're out there. There's good good developers. <laughs> there are people are that are out there. I'm just really excited at the direction you're taking the land bank and what all you have going on. I think it's going to be so impactful for our community, for our entire Vermilion County community. So I thank you for that. I thank you for being with me this morning. We didn't cover anything, uh, everything as, as we never do, but I sure appreciate you being with me and we'll have you back. We'll talk more as this project goes on because I think it's exciting. Well, Linda, thank you so much for having me. And hopefully the next time I'm on, I can talk about the rollout of this new homeowner Absolutely. Program. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll look forward to that. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Take All care. Right. Have a great Join, morning. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Join me tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be back on Zoom again, and we're going to be talking to Laura Casper, who's Advocate Coordinator for CASA. And uh, we'll talk to you then on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.